and welcome once again to the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rework Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com. I'm your announcer, Papanuta, papanute.com in Omaha, Nebraska, and in just a moment, we'll be joined by our co-host, Catherine Ironwood of LuckyMojo.com in Forestville, California, and Contraband Ali of TheContraband.com in Mission Viejo, California. This week, we'll be joined by a special guest from the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, Madam Pamita of ParlorOfWonders.com in Los Angeles, California, bringing us today's topic on colors in magic. Afterwards, they'll take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk magic practices of hoodoo, conjure, or root work as defined and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodooist of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening, but if you're selected from among those who signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and called into the show, then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first, let's catch up with our co-hosts, Miss Cat and Contraman Ali. Miss Cat? Hi. Hi, Papa Newt. Nice to hear your nice voice. Well, it's been a busy week at Lucky Mojo, and um, I'm going to just give folks a little bit of a update on what's going on in our world. We got through with the Hoodoo Heritage Festival. Remember that? That was, we did it. But we were expecting um, a truckload of, um, oh, I guess it was six pallets of books. It was um, the four new books that we did this year, Art of Making Mojos by yours truly, Cashbox Conjure by Miss Phoenix, Lithomancy by John St. Germain, and Destroying Relationships by Miss Aida. So we were expecting a pallet each of those books, and then we were also reprinting my unexpectedly popular book, Paper in My Shoe, which is now in its third edition, which is really weird, because I thought it would be a very obscure book, but it turned out to be like one of the most popular books I've ever written, which is weird. But anyway, so we were expecting a pallet of those, and of course the old standby, Hood Urban Root Magic soft cover, which is in its tenth printing and is very, very popular, needless to say. And we were going to fill Amazon orders because, you know, Amazon carries our books. And everybody's been like, well, I'm going to buy them on Amazon because they ship them to me quicker than Lucky Mojo does. And their their shipping cost is lower, which is true. And the books didn't arrive. And the books didn't arrive. And the books didn't arrive. And we're like, come on, how long can it take to get these books from Canada? They're supposed to have been here, and they weren't here. And so we began to try to track them down, and the trucking company said, oh, we don't know where they are. And then it turned out they were two counties to the north of us. And we were like, why? I mean, you know, it's the 101. You drive up the 101 or down the 101, and you get to where we are. But no, they were two counties to the north of us, and the truck broke down. And then the books didn't come. They had to – well, by the time the books came – not only had the truck broken down, but they had had to take these pallets off the truck, and the pallets suffered the dreaded forklift damage, which means that the forks of the forklift went right into the boxes of books, Sashola, mm. right, instead of into the wooden pallet. And so uh, we've been playing catch-up. If you ordered books from us, uh, we still have about 
2,000 Amazon book orders to fill. This is really crazy. I'm talking, I mean, we're very successful. We love it, but your, your order may be late. And if you ordered books from Lucky Mojo, we're actually shipping books on time now. <laughs> <laughs> because we buy them, yeah. We well, we just buy them a case at a time from our publishing company, which is ourselves or by another name. So, if you've been wondering what I've been doing all week, it's been me and Ellen, me and Althea, and tomorrow it's going to be me and Angela and Nagashiva also worked on it for one day, just putting little barcodes on the back of books. Now, question: Why don't Lucky Mojo books have barcodes on them? Save all that time. Because Lucky Mojo books are made as if to have been presented to you as if you lived somewhere between 1925 and 1962. No barcodes. And it's a part of the aesthetic of the theme park of the shop. No barcodes. (laughs) And so Amazon, we pay for the pleasure of applying the barcodes to the Amazon books with a removable tag. They are removable, folks. Put your fingernail, rip, it'll come off, leaving no residue. And we do this so that our clients and customers can have the enjoyment of a vintage experience because we're just made that way. So that's that's what's been happening at Lucky Mojo. (laughs) And, of course, all the usual, making perfumes, filling orders, and... um, and I have a very uh, quiet word to um, one lady who I know is listening right now. Miss Pamita, your order is somewhere in the line. Trust me. Um, <laughs> and we may... Yeah, she, if you're patient, you're patient. But Miss Pamita placed a very, very nice wholesale order with us, and we are working as hard as we can. It's going to be a little while. We can break it up and ship only oils, only IPs, only SPs, or only BCs, if you like. Um, and in the future, if you order one kind of product, we get it out faster. But that's just a word to the wise. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> She's been here. Miss Tamita's been here. She knows what kind of madness we have going on. So that's all the news from, from around here, other than that we had a wonderful open house for the um, railroaders, very few of whom listen to this um, show. Truth to tell, very few. And um, But, you know, if you're a railroader and are listening to the show, more power to you. Um Today, we're getting some sound uh, cars coming in. Christine McNary of Silver State Models is bringing us some fantastically electronically rigged um, baggage car and box car that are going to have um, locomotive sound. They're mystery cars. It's a long story. If you're a railroader, you know what I'm talking about. If you're not, you're going to go, what is she talking about? You can check me on Facebook. I explain the whole thing with pictures. <laughs> so that's <laughs> it. Now... Let me say hello to my co-host. How are things in your world, Countryman Ali? Things are very well. Thank you for asking. Uh, Talking about orders just reminded me that I am running dangerously low myself, and I'm going to put in an oil order today. I was just, I'm literally, as you were talking, I looked up at the altars and I went, oh, God, I'm out of fast luck. I'm out of love me. I'm out of, like, the, the stuff that I need to do client work. So I am going to, when we're done with this phone call, I'm going to go and put a order in for oils. So thank you for that reminder. Um, okay. Otherwise, things are going to be delayed over here as well. So lucky Mojo, lucky Mojo order. I had some uh, interesting stuff going on. Um, I've been following along 
um, on the news. So I want to give a couple shout outs to some new stuff and then something a little bit more positive. Um, I'll end with that is uh, I was, I've been following a lot of kind of natural uh, disasters and, and the um, uh, volcano in Hawaii and the earthquake um, has, has been something that's really kind of captured my attention. Uh, so I want to just, you know, send out some prayers and thoughts to everyone who's on the island. Everyone's had to evacuate. Situation's looking kind of messy, and, and it seems to be uh, getting messier. Um, something's going on in the Pacific a little bit. Um, sinkholes showing up and, and earthquakes this year, um, which is, you know, kind of par the co- course for the weird natural disasters we've been having for the past two years um, from, you know, the hurricanes and floods last year to now volcanoes and sinkholes and earthquakes this year. Interestingly enough, uh, not to toot my own horn, but to, I remember when I did my year reading that the, we were talking, one of the, the, the kind of themes that came up is uh, of the earth kind of trembling and uh, the seams coming apart, like breaking apart, bursting forth. I thought that was very metaphorical originally, but it turned out to be a little bit more literal than I had uh, anticipated. And that sometimes happens um, in reading. I think both you uh, and Madame Pamidia, as brilliant uh, seers and prophets in your own right, um, can attest to that, that sometimes you do a reading and you get something mm-hmm. and you think of it in sort of metaphoric terms. You're like, oh, the earth will tremble. That means there's going to be some seismic shift going on. And then mm-hmm. it turns out that, that your, your divination is actually being quite blunt with you. It's like, no, no, I wasn't being metaphoric. I mean, the earth <laughs> will shake. So things like that are, are always quite, quite interesting um, as, as a reader is when you go back and check your readings to see whether they've come true or not or how to adjust and, and, and whatnot. I'm very kind of keen on that kind of critical rethinking of my readings. But just can't bear in mind that the scenes are literally b- bursting forth and uh, so thoughts and prayers are out, out uh, to the people of Hawaii. And then finally, just a quick shout out to someone who's going to have a special birthday coming up soon, Miss Kat. Uh, happy birthday Aww. to you. Pre- I know pre-birthdays are, are a thing. Madam Pimita <laughs> mentioned it in our mentioned it in our before call, and I was like, oh, she totally, she totally said it before I could. But <laughs> yeah, well, we got it I'm, out on I'm going to be I'm going to be 71 on May 12th, and. Uh, I intend to have a nice laid-back 71st birthday because often my birthday has been at the time of the Hoodoo Fer- Heritage Festival. Yes, I know. And that. this year we did it a month earlier, and I get to have a nice, um, quiet birthday. It's kind of funny. I'm so tuned into that. The roses are beginning to bloom, and they always kind of reach their height around my birthday. And I'm like, the roses are blooming. We should be working on the Hoodoo Heritage Festival. <laughs> no, we already did that. We already did that. That's kind of cool. Yeah. So um, so that all worked out. Um, I do have to say one thing to you, Ollie. How about that Rudy Giuliani? Oh, oh God. Oh, okay, can we just say seismic <laughs> shift? Yes, seriously. <laughs> what the, what the. The other thing I wanted to say in comment to what you said, I had a really weird reading with somebody, oh, gosh, it was late last year, but not November, maybe October, maybe early November. I cannot remember the name of this client. It was one of those clients I didn't know well. Maybe it was only their first or second reading. This person was in Hawaii. I have not gone back to my database to check this out, but I got one of those weird readings that you don't get too often, which was Uh Beware 
of natural disasters involving landslides, earthquakes, or volcanoes. And I was like, well, that's really odd. And I told the person, I laughed it off. I said, well, you know, it could just be just some sort of a change in your job. And I did the same thing you did. I didn't trust the reading. And I do remember it was the fool and the tower were involved, and there was some other card. And I was like, uh-huh. this is really interesting. And it was like, what, you know, this is like, oh, you're having some natural disaster, right? <laughs> well, they mm-hmm. apparently did. And I really haven't had a chance to go back and look in my database, but I had that same moment of that sinking yep. feeling of, why didn't I trust my own reading? Yep. Why yep. did I, after I gave the reading, then I backed right off of it, because t- they were kind of like, what? Earthquake? And they said, will I be in a car accident? I said, no. It's not a car accident. The land will move. You will. You will. You're going to fall. It's dirt. It's a landslide or right. an avalanche. And they go. They go. Well, it can't be an avalanche because I live in Hawaii. And I'm like, uh-huh. oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it turned out to be more accurate than she thought. Yeah. 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 But this was. This was months ago. It was probably late October. Wow. So I'm just. Yeah. So I'm just here to tell you. Readers trust your own reading. Sometimes you just, so true. you know, you got to go down that path because that's where no the path No matter how you. weird, that's true. That's so true. Mm-hmm. All righty. Well, um, yeah, this is a, that's a lesson to all readers. Now, let's get into our, our topic of conversation. Um, we have with us today one of my favorite Speak About Readers, Madam Pamita. And Madam Pamita has been my friend for years and years. She runs Madame Pamita's Parlor of Wonders in Los Angeles. She is one of our, if not currently, our largest wholesale customers. So if you all need Lucky Mojo products in the L.A. area, go see Madame Pamita because she's got everything we make. The the lady is a classic, fabulous outlet for Lucky Mojo products. Plus, she makes all her own stuff. Plus, she does readings. Plus, she writes books. So welcome to the show, Madame Pamita. Welcome, welcome. Thank you so yeah. much. It's so good to talk to you guys. I always uh, it's such a treat to connect with you, and I feel like we're having a tea party together. So <laughs> I love that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of tea parties, you actually once did a whole workshop on tea parties mm-hmm. on how to make magical teas. That was a great mm-hmm. workshop. So mm-hmm. first of all, before we get into our topic, which is color magic, I'd like you just to give a little plug to your new book. Okay? Can you just speak about that? Because folks, you're going to want to buy this book. Well, I, I just came out in March with um, Madame Pamita's Magical Tarot. And it's a book, really, that I wrote because the books that I wanted to see about tarot doesn't exist out there. And um, mm. it looks at the cards symbolically, but it also looks at the cards in a way that I use that I don't see a lot of people do, which is to use them not only for divination, but magically. That mm. means affirmations, using them in spells, using them um, more proactively. So I talk about that, and I talk very, very deeply about the symbolism in the writer Wade Smith deck. And so uh, I think it's, a, I mean, I, my feedback that I've gotten about the book is that people that are beginners get a lot from it, but even experienced readers that have been reading for many, many years, if you look at the symbolism deeply, I drill into the symbolism, you'll see things that you didn't even realize were in those cards. So um, I, that's my little plug. I've got a book out. That's all, all kinds that's, of stuff. And, how yeah, exciting. And everywhere. 
Yeah. That's that's wonderful. I'm going to put in a couple of notes here, too. There have been a few people who have not done books on this but have approached it. Uh, Charles Porterfield, in his book, A Deck of Spells, put in a mere 13 tarot spells. He's, he called it a trick of tarot spells. Mm-hmm. And the idea was to sort of open the conversation. But his book is mostly about playing cards. But he just wanted mm-hmm. to throw those in as an idea. Um, Valentina gave a workshop on spell spell work with tarot this year at the Hoodoo Heritage Festival. We have a flyer on that, too. Um, and she, what, what she talked about was using the little miniaturizations of the a card, the significator card that you pick for the person, and then moving them through larger versions of the cards as through a selected landscape. And if any of you guys know uh, the Rider Waite deck, you'll know that... Um, Pixie Smith, Pamela Coleman Smith, had a landscape in mind. And we, a lot of people have talked about this. You know what I'm talking about, Pamita? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you can mm-hmm. you can walk from one card to another sometimes. You can yeah, see, oh, that card's yeah. that hill over there, and now I'm approaching. You know, there's a landscape in those cards that many of us who live in those cards, you know, eight hours a day, we're really familiar with that landscape. You know, how when the Knight of Cups goes through that valley that's right behind his horse's leg, he's going to end up at that big oak tree that's really the one of the two oak trees that's in the Knight of Pentacles that's on top of that, that hill. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, you just kind of get this. I've often thought we could make an interactive 3D map of her landscape. Mm. So. So that's what Valentina was doing, some work about what she has developed, which is to do um, spells using the landscape. Now, there are many other things. In the uh, uh, One other thing and, uh, that, that has been done, again, not a complete book. You're the first one with a real book on this. In the Hoodoo Jukebox and Conjure Toolbox, there is a, um, a, a set of tarot uh, cards, and there is some information that I've published about using the cards that were selected for um, gluing onto candles. A very simple thing, mm-hmm. just glue those onto candles, and now you have customized Rider weight uh, candles. Gray, um, Doc Gray, Gray Townsend, also does this. He has designed his own labels based on, on uh, the Rider weight deck, and he is the only person I know who has made multiple versions of the lover's candle, man and woman, woman and woman, man and man, you name it. We've often joked, you know, how how far can he go (laughs) with this? You know, they put angels in, we don't. Um, But it's a, you know, man and angel, angel. I mean, you know, you could have a man over the two angels getting married, you know, whatever. It's a a joke. But um, he has developed the use of tarot in spell work through candles. I am looking forward very, very much to seeing your book. I'm going to be carrying it in the shop because I know how good a presenter, a good writer you are. But the Mm -hmm. field of tarot spell work is really a field that's only developed within the last mm, five years maybe. And you are the one who brought it all together. So I'm going to give you a big credit on that. There's There's been a lot of little threads you know, kind of leading toward it. But you're the one who came out with the book on spell work with Tarot. So that's going to be a really important addition to our magical knowledge. And I really, I want to congratulate you on that and, and say this is a, a a great thing that you did and you're going to help a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Thank you. It's very exciting. Yeah, it's, I'm very excited about it. And it's also it's going so to help funny. people be better readers. Yeah, I mm-hmm. think so too. And I think, you know, what's interesting is that I want to make it accessible to everyone because I remember 
being a young girl. I mean, I picked up my first deck when I was 10. And between 10 and to my teens, I just didn't even have a clue of what to do with these cards, you know. But yet I had the urge and the desire. I really wanted to learn how to read. So in the back then in the 70s, you know, there were very few books. And, you, and as a kid, you had no access to anything, you know. You, you didn't know where an esoteric bookshop was. It wasn't like today where you can just look and find anything on the Internet. So, um, But I wanted there to be – I wanted to make it kind of a somewhat a populist kind of book mm-hmm. that will make the make reading cards less intimidating to people and make it feel um, accessible. Like if you have the desire, it really isn't uh, impossible. Like I remember that being that kid and feeling that that was like, how can I memorize, you know, all these cards and all the symbols? And it's, mm. it's not as inaccessible as, as people who aren't readers can sometimes believe it to be. So, yeah. Yeah. Um in the in the chat room, um Shiva uh, posting as um Lucky Mojo Curio Company says that he remembers an an older book on tarot spells by someone named Janina Renee. And I asked him what and he says, Oh, he just doesn't he just knows about it or something so Yeah, we'll I've collected those books can... for a while. Uh huh. But you don't have a copy of it around or no. Oh, no, you I do just, find look, it. I could Google it. I knew that there were a, a number, a couple or three books that were on tarot spells or on magic with tarot, and I had, I mean, that Great. one was by Llewellyn, and uh, I'm, I'm familiar with it. Great. Well, if you if you find it, put it in the chat room, because this is a whole topic. We may invite Madame Pamita back to talk about this topic, tarot spells. Yeah. I would love to assemble a little library of that. Okay, now, oh, that would be to our cool. actual topic. topic. Of... <laughs> yes. sure. I, we're going to take a rain check on that, Madam Pamita, but I think we really should uh, oh, come do. up with a little bibliography of, of that, and that that would be cool. Um, Great. Alchemical, Alchemical Artisans Hour says, I have a copy, um, and it and got it back in the 90s, and now there's a there's a, a note, uh, a link put in by I think Shiva. Good. I right. think we'd Good. love to hear Madame Pamita talk about her system and, and it'd be another yes. time to talk about the book. Yes. So no pressure on you, but a part <laughs> yes. two are come coming back, back definitely. Soon. I mean, if you can come back in the next uh, few weeks after after I get a copy of the book and we're selling it in the store, I'd love to sure. talk about it some more. But now, yeah, now we're talking about color, though. That was our, <laughs> that was our yes. topic. Well, <laughs> you know, as an author, to me... Um, uh, trying to promote other authors is always important, and I want to make sure I read the book before I promote it. Right? Thank you. Okay. Um, so we're going to talk about colors. This is an interesting thing. If you all look at my Facebook page or any of the ads for this show, you'll see Madame Pamita has the most gorgeous uh, magenta hair. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> what a what a person to talk about um, color in in hoodoo. So and in spell work generally. So yeah. I'm going to uh, throw in just a little bit of stuff at the very beginning here to start. When we go back in time, uh, the number of colors mm-hmm. that were offered to people of any culture, uh, region, uh, socioeconomic class, or spiritual interest would have been very limited. The colors in nature are fairly limited. And, for instance, blue is a fairly rare color. Sky blue is not that rare, but like lapis blue, hard color to get mm-hmm. in nature, cobalt blue. Yeah. Um, and some of the other colors like magenta and, and purple, 
very rare. You know, sure, if you're around the azaleas when they're in bloom, good for you, mm-hmm. you know. But um, but to get a dye from those and to make products that are that color, also very difficult. And there are fugitive dyes, but there are. it was not until the late 19th century when a bunch of um, uh, chemists in Germany, one of whom I'm related to, um, um, uh, Adolf von Bayer, the man who synthesized artificial indigo, which is indigo blue, um, now used in Reckitt's Crown Blue and in Anil Blue Balls. Um, he's like my seventh cousin, believe it or not. Um, mm-hmm. He he kind of opened the door. Now, there was another guy, I think his name was Parkinson. He opened the door with mauve, which was synthetic cochineal. And between the two of them, and particularly the... the um, the synthetic indigo opened up the idea for the money to be made with synthetic dyes. And by World War One, synthetic dyes were all the rage, and um, cloth began to be available in many, many, many more colors than were around previously. And particularly printed calicos with all of these fabulous dyes in them were, were very popular. And by World War II, uh, pretty much everybody had available these oil-based synthetic dyes, and they were using them to dye candles. Now, when candles first started going into colors, rather than just beeswax color or white um, petroleum wax or paraffin wax uh, that was white, the first color of course, that everyone went to was a fake beeswax, sort of a gold color, and then they started off with mm-hmm. black, carbon black, and then red, and then it just kind of exploded and if you start reading the books on hoodoo, for instance, you'll notice that the first mention of color candles uh, used in, you know, by popular people are in the 30s, 1930s. And um, in 1936, The Legends of Incident Urban Old Magic comes out, and he starts talking about colors, Master Book of Candle Burning by 1941. Harry Hyatt was on the road between 1936 uh, and 1940. He'd interview people out in the country, what color candle, and they go, what do you mean, what color candle? What candles are white, right? Because they would mm-hmm. go down and get a household paraffin candle. But when he would, in the bigger cities, he'd say, what color candle? And they'd say, oh, a pink candle, a red light, a green light. So by about 1940, this had spread pretty much everywhere. If you read my book, The Art of the Voodoo Candle Magic, <laughs> you'll see that in the back there's a, a, a book called um, How to Conduct a Candlelight Service, which is taken from the spiritual church movement in New York City, uh, also around 1940, um, 41 in that era. And um, there's a whole thing called the color candle service. And by then, these mm. colors were beginning to be firmly connected with certain forms of magic. But when you think about the whole history of magic, <coughs> excuse me, and you go back in time, remember, you're not going to be finding spell work from the 11th century that uses blue candles, because they didn't exist, right? So we're talking about 20th century magic. Now, having said all of that, I'm going to turn this over. And and by the way, it has become so common. It's like the Internet. We can hardly imagine a time when we didn't live without color candles, colored cloth, <laughs> and... Um, and things of that nature. So I'm going to turn this over to Madam Pamita and have her tell us about color in magic. Well, I, I chose this topic when I was thinking about what topic I wanted to go into, and I thought, well, we sort of get into very, I don't know, we get in, we, we sort of don't go back to basics a lot. And, and I think this is something that's quite powerful, quite foundational, and people don't necessarily think about it, or they just 
um, sort of take it like a recipe where they don't really, you know, well, it says I should use a red candle, but they don't know why they're using a red candle, you know, or, mm-hmm. or you know. And so I, I think it's a great um, education not only for people that are starting to do their own spell work or even having people do spell work for you. That's a really good education to have. So if somebody's doing, uh, you know, a prosperity spell and they're using a pink candle, you might want to mm. question what what why are you using a pink candle for that you know mm. mm-hmm. so so it, even if you're acting color for yourself having an basic understanding of color and 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 using color and magic I I think makes you an educated consumer or an educated uh, root worker so um, talking about this I think is uh, something important and, and foundational. And even people that know it, you may learn something that you didn't know about color. So um, I, think, I think about, you know, we, use, we definitely look at color when we're using candle work, when we're doing candle work and the correspondences of that. In the black book, I think you have in the black book a list of the color correspondences. Is that, am I correct on that? Or is it online that you have the oh, color correspondences? I have. I have a, a list online in the, at the page candlemagic.html, mm-hmm. and I also have a list in the black folder, same list. I have a list in the Art of Hoodoo Candle Magic, and right. there's also uh, there are also other people's lists. So that's you know there those are pretty common understandings. Mm-hmm. Um, a list also exists in the Master Book of Candle Burning by Henri Gamache. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think there may be a list of colors in a couple of these other older, you know, the Magic Candle by Charmaine Day. So pretty much mm-hmm. any book on candle magic you pick up should have a list of the colors and how they're yes. used. Yes, mm-hmm. and I have a, I have a little how-to guide on my website about candle magic, and I include a list there too. So yes, you're absolutely right. Anybody that's talking about candle magic in the you know 20th, 21st century should you know you should find some kind of correspondence there. So. I don't know that we necessarily need to go into that, although we can go into that. But um, what I'm sort of looking to um, wave beyond candle magic of using color, because people mm. may just, um, you know, I can't. Uh oh. Uh oh. We're having trouble hearing Madam Pamita. We're hearing weird noises. Are you there, Madam not, Pamita? I'm here. I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes. Uh, maybe right now. Hold on just a second. Um, okay. Nagashiva, is she available? Is she actually on the line? Or Can you hear me? Madam Pamita, are you there? You There you are. Okay, gotcha. Okay. Got you there. All right. Um, Phew. Okay. So um, when I was, what, what I was saying was as, in, as far as... Um, Candle magic, you know, everybody thinks of color candle magic. But beyond candle magic, we can use colors in our root work. And so, mm-hmm. I, you know, one of the things that I appreciate so much about Lucky Mojo products is that you pay attention to that. You pay attention yeah. to that. You know, Kat, when you design those oils, when you design the sachets, you consider color. Mm-hmm. That is something that most people may not even notice. They may not even think about it. When they're buying that oil, you know, uh, Queen Elizabeth's oil, they may not notice that it's purple. I notice that it's purple. 
you know? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and uh, can can I break in here? Because that's an mm-hmm. interesting thing. Queen Elizabeth root is the same as orris root or iris root. And there are uh, the reason irises flowers are called irises because they come in so many colors. But the the one of the most popular colors of iris flowers is purple. And so, um, mm-hmm. and Queen Elizabeth comes to the royal purple. And so, yeah, purple. We could have easily have made it because it's iris root, a pale blue, a yellow, you know, even a Beverly Sills iris kind of peachy pink. But we chose purple because that represents the queenly nature of it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Also, I wanted to mention one other um, source, and I'd like to get this into the uh, chat room. Um, uh Crystal Magic by John St. Germain has a list of colors of rocks and the Mm. colors of the chakras and colors of gemstones and how they are used in magic also. Mm -hmm. Interesting. You know, I come come to colors in a kind of a a little bit of a weird way. Um, As as Ms. Katkin knows, I'm quite a traditionalist and old school when it comes to hoodoo. Um, You know, I... I practice gin magic and I practice kimbanda, but when it comes to my hoodoo, I'm a little bit old school. I don't, I'm not very overly uh, creative or, or I don't do anything innovative. I kind of stick to what I was taught. Um, and I, when I grew up, we used white candles for kind of everything. Uh, and that's because Mama Jay would buy her candles actually from the grocery store, not often from candle shops, and she would actually pick up Shabbat candles, um, and there's a very particular mm-hmm. kind of Shabbat candles. And this, again, goes to the kind of history of how the black community and the Jewish community oversect with one another. In fact, a lot of um, uh, black people that I knew where I grew up uh, generally went to kind of two different stores. They went to Chinese grocers or, or Asian grocery stores for a lot of their uh, herbs, spices, etc., and they went to Jewish pharmacies. Um, it's kind of the two places that these kind of three communities intersected. But Shabbat mm-hmm. candles were very common, and they came in these little boxes, and they were small and kind of stubby, and they lasted roughly about three to four hours, which was like kind of the perfect time to light candles. Um, they didn't look particularly different, so you could scribe on them really easily. They burned beautifully clean. Uh, without any kind of mess on them. The only kind of thing I always remembered was the wick was always a pain because the wick was twisted. And so, like, you'd mm-hmm. light it, and sometimes the wick would go out, and so you'd have to kind of untwist mm-hmm. the wick a little bit. And that was just – it was part of that. So I used white candles for the longest time, I think all through the 90s, um, when I was doing work was, was mostly uh, with white candles. And mm-hmm. I used colors usually from my astrological training. When I would tell clients, um, you know – I'd do a reading for them, you know, maybe about love or whatnot. I would tell them, look, this is the color you should be wearing to attract so-and-so. Or this is the color you should be wearing when you go in for that job interview. And it was just kind of this thing that I did with astrology. And slowly, as I started reading more about candles uh, and color magic, I combined the kind of two, first starting with astrological candles uh, in kind of representing those colors, and then moving on to the more traditional hoodoo colors of using, for example, pink for love and red for romance and so on and so forth. Um, but it, it took me a little bit. I originally just started out, just Shabbat candles for practically everything. You know, this reminds me, um, one of my good friends, Miss Michael, 
um, often used, uh, you know, she was up. She lives up in the countryside, and she could get white candles easy. And she would use colored glass crystal balls in front of white candles to cast the light, like a blue crystal ball. She could, ah. It was easier for her to get glass crystal balls, green balls, and stuff, than it was to get those candle colors. And she she put some photos up online a number of years ago. Absolutely beautiful. Uh, work. I also used to back in the day. I used to melt crayons, and you could take white candles and dip them in um, uh, crayons yeah. to get a, a coating. But let's. We have only a couple of minutes here, and I want to say something really quick with Madame Pamita. When mm-hmm. you use color for for candles, do you also use like the colored cloth? Do you try to find flowers of the right color? Does the person wear that color when they do the spell? Well, I. You know, one of the things that I think that well I got introduced to through hoodoo is using glitter and using mm-hmm. various colors so I mean if, if um, people go onto my site or go onto my Instagram I'm always posting candle cells on my Instagram they can see if they look that I'm sometimes using a master candle a central candle of one color and then support candles of other colors or glitter of a different color on a certain candle. And that way you can combine elements. So, for example, someone's saying, well, I'm going, to do a, a prosper- I'm going to do a spell for you, and I'm going to use a pink candle and a green candle. Well, that already tipped me off. <clears throat> I think, let's say, a pink candle with green glitter on it. Oh, well, maybe they're trying to bring in a lover who's, got, who's a generous lover, you know? Mm-hmm. Or they're doing- I get so- that. So you can do, even like we do with herbs, we can add herbs of a certain color. We can definitely work with that on flowers, but we can add glitter of a certain color to, sh- to set it, customize an energy around a spell and make it a little more yeah. specific. Yeah. And um, that that's a, those kinds of colored candles, also found in the Master Book of Candle uh, Burning, just want to say that using those helper lights, very important part of the kind of work that Henri Gamache taught. Oh, boy, we could have gone on longer, and we ended up talking too much about other things. But I wanted to <laughs> publicize your book, so I'm not sad. But, um, <laughs> folks, look up color in magic. It will set the scene for your work. And Madame will be back at the end of the show with a uh, a spell, a free spell, using a color, and she'll show how that color is used. Let's turn this over to Papa Newt, and we're going to uh, bring in some reading clients. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rubric Hour with your hosts, Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ali, and this week's special guest, Madame Pamita, will be right back. We'll be taking calls from our listeners, answering their questions through spiritual divination, and prescribing down-home conjure remedies and remediation. Our calling clients are selected from among those who have filled out a short questionnaire at the Lucky Mojo form at form.luckymojo.com. You can listen to the show online through Blog Talk Radio or via telephone by dialing 818-394-8535. If you filled out a client questionnaire at the forum, please dial in now to 818-394-8535 and press 1 to let us know that you'll be available on the air. We will select callers by their area code, and if your area code is announced, we'd like you to say hello and let me, your announcer, pop in and read a brief description of your situation before turning it over to our host. Now it's time to go to the phones and take our first caller. And our first caller is calling in from area code 814 in Pennsylvania. This is Natasha. Natasha, are you there? Yes, I am. Hi, welcome Hi. to the show. Hi, I see that you're, this is your first time calling in. Thank you so much for entrusting us with your situation today. 
And um, thank you. I'm also oh, you're welcome, hon. Um, now, I'm also noticing that you have had a private reading before with Conjurman Ali uh, or with Miss Katz um, about June of 2015 on another situation. Is that correct? Yes. All right. And let's take a look here. She writes, in a long-distance relationship for, past, for the past seven years, uh, the boyfriend is now open to seeing other people, saying he's not trying to get serious with anyone, just opening himself up. I plan to move home where he and my family are. He feels I'm doing it just because of him and doesn't want me to. He wants me to be happy and doesn't believe I'll be happy back at home. Turn it back to you, Ms. Kent. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions, Natasha, but... Um, I lived through something real similar to that, a guy telling me that I just wouldn't be happy moving to where he lived. I just wouldn't be happy. Um, mm, 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 mm. All right. Um, what is your uh, sign of the zodiac, my dear? I'm a cancer. A cancer. Okay. And um, what is his sign of the zodiac? Leo. Okay. Well, when you put a crab and a lion together, 90% of the time the the lion is going to smash that little crab. Cancer is probably one of the sweetest, gentlest, most compassionate, most empathic, really one of the kindest signs of the zodiac, and they are very easy to run roughshod over. Leo is loyal. Leo doesn't like to change state. Leo doesn't want to you know, dump you for a whole new thing they're not sure of. But mm-hmm. Leo does have a lot of pride and self-importance. Um, not, not the worst combination. Not the worst combination, but... Mm. All righty. Well, I'm going to do a very quick reading on you with with tarot cards. And um, I'm just going to pull three cards out, and uh, we're going to see what we get, Okay. And um, when I when I read now, this is not going to be for all time and forever. And it might be good because your two signs are close to one another that you might want to get an astrological chart because you might have some of the fast-moving mm-hmm. planets in Leo and he may have some of the fast-moving planets in Cancer and there may be some connection unseen just by talking about sun sign. When two sign when two people are of adjacent signs, that's you know often what it is. All right. Oh yeah yeah. Um, card number one is, um, and I've just laid out all three cards. I'm, I'm just going to say this is not real hopeful, sweetheart. Not not too good. Card number one is the two of wands. This shows a person contemplating moving to a new location. That would be you. There is an emblem of crossed roses and lilies that speaks to passion and also to um other aspects of life which can involve the intellect, it can involve celibacy and children, it can involve anything that is not as um, down and dirty, but they're crossed and so like they make an X, two roses two lilies, so this is kind of the best of everything, it's you have you have some hope for a passionate relationship and also for a meeting of the minds possibly other uh, indications as well this man is looking out, he has a globe of the world in his hand 
And uh, he's like saying, like Christopher Columbus, if I sailed over here, I could find a new land. And he's holding a wand in his hand. And he has another wand in a bracket on the wall, and there's nobody to carry it. And um, the, he has no ships in the bay um, to carry him away. So he's in the contemplation phase, but he's waiting for his partner to kind of step up, and he's waiting for those ships, which metaphorically literally mean a form of transport. Mm-hmm. The next the next card is called the Tower, and this is a card of the destruction of a relationship. <clears throat> it shows two people jumping out of a tower, and... Um, it is the tower has been struck by lightning, and the crown of the tower is flying off. I don't like this card to come up when I'm doing a relationship reading because what I see is it's all going to come tumbling down. It's never a good card for a relationship. It, to me, says that he may be um, sticking with this because he's unsure of where he's going. He may be sticking with it because... Um, he is uh, afraid to tell you that he wants it to be over, but this is a relationship that is not going to be doing well. If it does get torn down to the bricks, it would have to be rebuilt brick by brick by brick. The third card is a really uh, the card that kind of seals the sadness of this reading for me. It's the Six of Swords, and it shows a man with his back turned to us, rowing a woman and a child away across a river, and uh, there are swords in the boat, and they're stabbing the boat. They're not stabbing the woman or the child or the ferryman. But this is often a card where somebody wants you to move gently away. There's a, they're, they're magnifying the sorrow in the boat, in the relationship, and saying, if you would just allow me to row you across this river, away to the other side of the world, and go someplace else, you could jump out of the boat, you could leave your sorrows behind. And um, and that may be what you should do. Um, it doesn't say you should not move to be there. Maybe when you get there, you'll find a new lover. But I don't trust this man. I don't feel he has your best interest at heart. And I, I have a very um, uh, negative um, feeling about this relationship. Now, this is based in part on, you know, these cards based in part on your signs please when i give a negative reading i want everyone to understand i'm just doing a three card cut i don't have time to go into this for a half an hour an hour reading but i don't get a good feeling off of it and i would like you to get an astrological compatibility chart but my feeling is that you're being uh, let to go I think that this opening up the relationship and you wouldn't like it where we are, he's lying is what I'm getting from that. And what he really wishes is that he could just row you quietly away. It's not a card of a person who wants to deceive you for the rest of his life. Leos tend to be a little too honest in that. You know, they they, they do have their pride about who they are. But he wishes to row you out of his life. That's how I read these cards. Now I'm going to turn this over to Madam Pamita and see what she has to say. Well, I'm working with um, I'm working with uh, quarters and doing a coin reading with uh, U.S. quarters. So um, I pulled three um, coins for you, and it's very interesting because I'm pulling them while you're asking the question or while Pamita was going over the question. 
And oddly, the first coin that I pulled up was the coin for Vermont, which shows two maple trees, just like the two of wands, just like Miss mm. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? And wow. I, was like, I was I was blown away. You know, this is the thing. When you get a reading, sometimes with readers, they match up, and it's quite interesting. And I'm actually getting a, a similar sort of message that Ms. Pat is, um, mm-hmm. is getting, but with some other information. So the first one being Vermont with those two maple trees. This tells me that, you know, like the maple gives the sap that's going to turn into maple syrup, something really, really good. This tells me that there is something good in you moving there. It may not be this guy, but there's something good there for you. So if you have other reasons for moving there, Natasha, like uh, career, family, and maybe you're a little open to the idea of opening up to another relationship coming into your life, this move could be a great one. I'm feeling really mm-hmm. positive about it. And that's kind of what Two of Wands is like, that vision of, of, of that, you know, visioning something and moving and going is a positive. Um, second coin that I pulled was the um, coin for the U.S. Virgin Islands, and it shows on there a beautiful yellow bird and these beautiful yellow flowers, but it also says U.S. Virgin Islands. So what that tells me is that there's not going to be an intimacy with you and this man anymore. This is not going to be a sexual relationship. It's not going to be a relationship that has that girlfriend-boyfriend thing going on, and maybe to let that go. But it also says, you know, with that bird and those flowers, um, present yourself in a way that you look your best. Make sure to, you know, do your hair, do your nails. Whenever you go out into the world there in that um, town, that you are looking your best because there's an opportunity for you to attract another lover. Third coin that I pulled was the Grand Canyon. Grand Canyon tells me exactly what cat got with the tower card. There's a chasm that is, miles wide between the two of you that can't be crossed. There's no bridge over the Grand Canyon, at least the big part of the Grand Canyon. So it tells me that the, the, the split between the two of you really can't be, be bridged, that there's nothing more in this relationship. I'm a Cancer too, and I have been through three relationships with Leos, and after the third one, I said never again. <laughs> I love Leos. I have Leo friends. But now I have a fabulous Taurus in my life, which... I think that Conjurman Ali and, and Miss Cat can testify that Taurus and Cancer are great together. And so right. I will, it's like, I'll never, 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 never go, Leah. I, I did it three times. I'm not going to do it again. So um, I think that, you know, this move is positive. I think that with that, you know, beautiful bird and those beautiful flowers, there's something in terms of romance with you that's going to show up there. Definitely something in terms of career and, and, and sweetness in your life coming from that move. But between you and the guy, the chasm has just already, I think it's already gotten too big. So. Mm-hmm. And no disrespect to Leos. They do well with other signs. Um, but they don't, they don't resonate with um, cancer very well. Just, you know, speaking yeah. from experience. Yeah. Thanks for testifying on that one. <laughs> Uh, that's Water like me and fire. With yeah, yeah, well, that's like yeah. me with Gemini's. When I just go, oh God, Taurus, Gemini, please, please, let's just stop now. Yeah. <laughs> but that's In me. General, you know, that's my yeah, my thing. 
but I love Gemini. Earth signs are difficult. It's a difficult yeah. relationship, and those intimate relationships, earth signs and air signs are difficult, fire signs and water signs. It's challenging. It doesn't mean people don't do it, but you better have yeah. a whole lot of support in the rest of your chart for the two of you coming together because those sun signs are very challenged. And, and I've just yeah. finally That's said right. enough, with the, yeah. enough with the Leos for me. But I love my Leo yeah. friends. I have amazing, amazing friends that I love that are Leos, but in terms of that love, um, heart connected love relationship. I I I think yeah. as a cancer, I'll speak to you. Find a beautiful earth sign, and you will forget about the Leo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A cancer will do very well with an earth sign. I agree. It's a. It's just a. a it's more gentle for them. It's more gentle. Mm-hmm. Um, and Leos do very well with Aries. By the way, they do. They get along just fine. They do. Um, and uh, so. So um, in any case, let's let's see what we can do now with root work. I know we've kind of given a depressing or dismal outlook here, and um, I'm not sure where Conjurman Ali wants to go with this, but it doesn't look like you're going to be able to dominate the man. It doesn't look like you're going to be able to bring this back to what it used to be. But both of us saw that possibly making the move would be good for you. You probably would be happier making that move, but it just may not be to be with that man. So, Conjurman Ali, right. let's uh, have you come in on this. Yeah, um, thanks for the, the, these readings. I think they're fantastic, and they really get to the, the heart uh, of the matter. Cancer and Leo just doesn't work. But also, I'm telling you this as, as, a, as a dude, as a guy, I'm going to just be upfront and honest with you. Give you a straight guy's perspective. If a guy tells you, "Hey, I want to start. I'm really open to open other seeing other people," and "Hey, I don't think you should move because you're not going to like it," he's trying to let you down gently. And uh, Leos, they're going to do what, what's good for Leos, right? And that's not a bad thing, but it means you're at a different stage. You're ready to kind of move in with someone, or you're ready to be with someone who's a little bit more committed. And you're a Cancer, so the work I'm going to give you is going to be related to that Cancerian personality. It's, it's the part of you that is not ready to let go. Cancers hold on to things, right? They, they, they want to cling a little bit. I'm going to do this working um, to both give you a little bit of closure and also to help you with your love life. What I want you to do is get violet leaves, rue, cubaberry, rose petals, Queen Elizabeth root, and you're going to brew this into a tea. You're going to get this into a nice tea, let it cool, and you're going to wash yourself with this. Um, violet leaves to make you open for new love, to help heal a little bit. Root, unblock the and uncross any kind of love issues. Cuba berries to bring love quickly and willingly. Rose petals for passion and love, and Queen Elizabeth root for your own strength. You're going to bathe in this. Now, uh, take the abused bath water, set it aside a little bit. Air dry. While you are air drying, you are going to do the rest of your magic. Get yourself a pink Adam candle. That's a naked man candle. You can get it right from Lucky Mojo. You're going to inscribe on that, my perfect lover who will be mine wholly and completely. Totally yours. Nothing else. Perfect lover, right? You're going to anoint this candle with come to me, love me, and your sexual fluids. You are going to have prepared a list of qualities you are looking for in a lover. So you want to do the, this list uh, before you actually um, start everything. You are going to anoint the list with your oil and your sexual fluids, and you're going to fold it up. 
Set the candle on a surface behind the candle. Put a heat-proof dish, sensor, or a thurible. Uh, on that sensor or thurible, place your uh, list that you are looking for, the qualities that you are looking for. On top of the list, put a cone of come-to-me incense that you have mixed a pinch of saltpeter with. The saltpeter is to heat things up and speed this along so that you're not waiting. This person comes to you. Light the incense. It'll spark and sputter and crackle. Light the candle and let it burn as you call to your lover, come to you and to be with you. Call them out, right? From the bottom of your heart, call to this person. Repeat this for three days. Let the incense burn down, snuff the candle. Repeat it for three days while the moon is waxing. Get, you know, go and bathe yourself again. Set aside the used bath water in the same kind of original bowl. Light your candle, light your incense with your uh, saltpeter. On the third day, let it all burn down. Let the wax burn down. If anything is left of the petition, the paper that you have, the list, burn that up with the ashes. Now take all of your stuff. Put some clothes on. Take all of your stuff. You're going to take the water to the crossroads. Dispose of it to the crossroads. Throw it over your left shoulder. Walk away. Take your ashes to your home, to the four corners of your home. On the outside, you're going to go to each four corner, facing outward away from your home. Put a pinch of the ash in your hand that has the uh, petition paper, the, the what's left of the petition paper, and the ashes, the incense. And you're going to blow out, blowing your prayer out to the winds, calling this person to you. You're going to take the wax, and you're going to bury it in your front yard. You're going to come home. You're going to gather again your own sexual fluids while you're focusing on this man, this perfect person with a little bit of the uh, come-to-me oil, and you're going to dab it at your four of the bedposts of, of your bed, the corners of your bedpost. This, if, the, if this Leo, if we're all wrong, then the Leo is the perfect guy for you, he'll come to you because he's your ideal lover. If he's not, someone else will come to you. That should give you the closure you need, and you'll know whether to move on, whether to hold on, but also will open you up for, for the possibilities of new love. That's my recommendation. All right. I got a that's fantastic. And I have one question that I did not understand. What was going on the bedposts? Sachet powders uh, or uh, no, uh, the oil, uh, come to me oil, oil and okay. sexual fluids. Oils and sexual fluids. Thank you. Just keep it keep yeah. track here. <laughs> we have yeah, a lot it'll... of people who listen to this show mm-hmm. in the archive and they want to see that in the chat room so they know what we're saying. Yeah. Um sexual fluids and a little bit of oil. It'll literally Smell it out and come to you. All right. And if he shows up, uh, then he's the one. But if he doesn't show up, you got to look for. You're going to be finding someone else. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Um, that's amazing. That's a really good spell. Um, all righty. Well, it, I don't know of anything I can add to that, and our music is coming up, so. Here we are. Thank you, Countryman Ali, for the spell. Thank you um, for letting us uh, read for you, and uh, we hope for all the best for you, honey. Sorry it was sort of a sad reading, but we, we hope to bring you to your next new lover, the one who's going to really be warm and friendly to your sweet cancer nature. All righty. <laughs> Let's take it away, Papa Newt. Support for this program is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com, and the, by the Association of Independent Readers and Rootworkers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic conjure practitioners located online at readersandrootworkers.org, 
and by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of missionary independent spiritual churches located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. Now it's time to go to the phones and take our next client. And our next client is calling in from area code 803 in South Carolina. This is Amber. Amber, are you there? Yes, I am. Hi, welcome back to the show. I see you've been on the show before, back in February 11, uh, 2018, and this was a, a different situation. Is this correct? Yes, completely different situation. <laughs> okay, thank you. And it looks like the situation has changed. That's wonderful to hear. Now, uh, let me take a look here at your information. Um, have you had any? Uh, you have not had any other readings with Miss Kat Contramanali or any other readers on this situation. Is that correct? No. No. All right. Thank you, Amber. And she writes, I recently uh, quit my previous job because I was not happy with it for multiple reasons. I have since submitted my resume to several different places and filled out numerous job applications. At the time of writing this, I have two job interviews coming up. One is for a cosmetic slash skincare company, and the other is for a cell phone company. I'm curious. To know if I will be offered either of these jobs? If so, which one? Turn back to you, Ms. Kat. All right. Well, hi, Amber. Um, again, hi, I'm how are you? A, I'm fine. Just a couple of questions. What sign of the zodiac are you? I am a fellow Taurus. My birthday was on Thursday. Oh, happy birthday. <laughs> well, thank you, and happy birthday to you, too, and Contramentally. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So um, now this is interesting because if I just wanted to do a sun sign reading, a la Professor Alfred Seward or after mm-hmm. Linda Goodman's style of sun sign reading, I would have said, go with the cosmetic skincare. You're a Taurus. Yep. Um, but yeah. we don't know because you're a Taurus, you might have something in Gemini. And, the, and that would be the cell phone company. Interesting question. All right. Um, so we're going to pass this along to um, Conjurman Ali, and he's going to uh, do a reading for you. Okay. Yeah, I, I've cast a geomantic reading, which uh, I enjoy doing for, for questions like this, um, and to see see where, where things are going. So first and foremost, we have Fortuna Minor, which is in the first house. This represents you. It is the lesser fortune. It means that you are on a whole um, blessed, but you're not in the best of positions. So it's a good figure to have. It means that you're, you're, you, know, you made a, a relatively smart decision. You were unhappy, and you decided to move on to find something better for you. That's a good thing. No tourist wants to stick around at a job they're unhappy with. Some, some signs can do it. Uh, Tauruses can't. Tauruses need to be comfortable. Um, that doesn't mean they need to be. They have to have a Fortune 500 company or anything. That, but they need a job that is comfortable to them that they enjoy doing. They're the sign that best is best suited to doing um, their hobby as a job. That that's just you know works well for them, right? So this is very important. It's good that you were. You said you know what you recognize. I'm unhappy. I'm going to move on. So you're. Not in the best of financial situations, you know, right now, but you are headed in the right direction. That's good. So now we look to the 10th house, which is the house of careers, to see how things are going. And this is where we run into a little bit of problems. We have Tristitia. Tristitia is the state that is driven down. Uh, it means actually quite literally translates into sorrow. 
Um, this means that both of these opportunities might end up having uh, more problems than, than you realize. Um, and so there are restrictions. This is a figure ruled by Saturn. Um, the question is, will you be able to get any of these jobs? And right now the path is not clear because there's no way that, that Fortuna Minor and Tristitia connect. So there's no kind of um, uh, passing that's made, no kind of angles that are made, no connections that are made. So this is a little bit of an issue. This tells me that you're asking, which one will I get? And the figures go, well, before you ask, which one will I get? But you should be asking, will I get any of them? Um, and so the interview is a, is a good sign, but it looks like there's something blocking the way. And you're going to have to do some serious road opening work to open this up for you and to, to kind of really turn things around. Now, it says that if you do magical work, we see this in, in the judge, which again is Fortuna Minor, if you were to do magical work, that is to turn, to really take matters of fate into your own hand, you could eventually get the job. Um, the, you chose um, Populus. Populus is the figure of, you'll get it, but you'll end up getting uh, one that is not uh, entirely stable for a long period of time. So what it looks like will happen is that if you do magical work, you can land one of these jobs, but that it may not be as lasting as you hoped it to be, that there may be some obstacles along the way. Unfortunately, um, which one you'll get is a little bit less clear. Populous uh, represents both communication as well as popularity, so it can refer to beauty as well, though it leans a little bit more towards communication. So the cell phone company might be a little bit more stable uh, for you. That's where the indication is, but it's a little less clear on which of these is uh, that you'll end up having. But right now, without any magical work, without any type of magical intervention, the way is blocked for you. You have to do something if you want to get either of these jobs. This is not just a case of will I, which one will I get. It's a case of can I get either of these, and you're going to have to do some magic. Now, be mindful because there is a hidden factor here, and the hidden factor is uh, via or via in the sixth house, and that is the issue of health. So be mindful that uh, health is going to become a little bit of a problem. This is, might be why uh, this other job ends up being temporary or not as long-lasting. Health issues seem to be coming up around September, October. I don't know um, if you're doing any type of checkup or anything, but you should be considering some type of health checkup around that time just to make sure that you're you're all right. And it could be nothing more serious than, oh, you end up with the flu or you end up with a cold and makes you miss a lot of days of work. But health does play a factor here. That's my reading. I'm going to turn this over to Madame Pamita, who can probably provide a little bit more details for you. But in sum, right now the way is blocked. You need to do magical work. And with magical work, you do have a chance of getting one of these jobs. All right, Madame Pamita. Well, here's what I did. I did um, what I call a crossroads reading because we're looking, we're standing at a crossroads and we're looking at which path is going to be most productive or which one is going to have um, the outcome that you want or is are either of these. And when I pull the two paths, it's pretty clear that the cosmetics one actually has some potential, but the one for the communications company, it looks like it's 
dead in the water, that there's nothing that you can be can do that can be done about that. And maybe putting your magical efforts toward the cosmetics one will be the most productive means of doing that. So here's what I got for um, cosmetics company. I've got um, the coin for Missouri and the coin for North Carolina. So the cor- the coin for Missouri shows the, the St. Louis Arch, but it also shows this riverway, um, a pathway to get there. And there's this little boat going down a river underneath the arch. So what that tells me, that archway indicates a gateway into some new endeavor. And so that shows an opening. But there's also this idea that there's these guys rowing the boat so that there's effort that is involved to get there. And that corresponds to what Ali was saying, that doing some magical work is, at this point, there's nothing more you can do than you've gone for the interview or you've done everything that you can do on the practical material action level and now what you can do is spiritual work. So do some, put some effort toward that, and you can get through that gateway. Second um, coin that I pulled for that was uh, North Carolina, which is it shows uh, airplane. Um, what is that airplane? I can't think of the name. The Wright brothers had that airplane that was the first flight, right? So mm-hmm. it says first flight. So this is an, an, an entree into something. It is the beginning of something. And, and what Ali said about this being a long lived profession, but being yet that gateway again uh effort. Uh oh, we're having trouble with Miss Pamita again. Can you repeat that last sentence? I you uh, got I as far as first flight and embarking on a new and then that was the last I heard. Okay. So the first flight embarking Stepping something else, so that's the seeing always wasn't something long lived. It's something that you were going to have forever. But I see it as being something that actually leads to something else. I look at the um, path of Hannah, which has a big on it. Something that death, nothing. There's nothing here for you. Second, second coin is the Fort Moultrie coin, which shows a battle. It shows a a, a, a soldier in battle. So that, again, says that this is embattled, it's blocked, it really isn't opening up. And so I think that along with that astrological sort of leaning that, you know, as a Taurus leaning toward beauty, toward the um, indulgences and the luxury, it's going to be more an environment that you thrive in. It seems like a much more open, but you do have to put in a little effort to get there. Okay, I'm going to ask a question here. The second set of the, uh, again, where you were cutting out, Fort Moultrie was the embattled cell phone job. What was the other uh, cell phone uh, job coin? Uh, Montana, which shows a big cow skull on it. Oh, the cow skull. Oh, yes. All right. Yeah. It's dead in the water. Uh, that is, I got it. Uh, it's a buffalo skull. Yeah, yeah. That 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 one is like, excuse me, is that is that a rude picture to put on? It's like that's the that is the coin equivalent of the death card in the Rider Waite. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like here's your dead cow skull. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. I love these coin readings. Yeah, I I really love them. Okay. Um, So, um, and that's cosmetics also. Okay, now I think I understand. So this was a crossroads reading. um, And and if you all are interested in coin readings, I'm just going to say, Madam Pamita does them. You can get them from her. You'll also find more on coin readings in the book Lithomancy. 
by John St. Germain. And I wrote up that, um, uh, you know, a basic list of, of the of the state quarters. It's a wonderful way to do readings. And on the cover of the book, Lithomancy, you'll see some of these colored coins that you can buy. They're very pretty. All right. Thank you very much. I got that. Um, cosmetics good, communications bad, says, <laughs> says Madam Pamita. <laughs> All right. Well, so we're going to look at some possibilities. I'm going to give you some root work ideas. Now, I know that you're a Taurus, and Taurus is ruled by Venus. And, um, of course, that's where we come up with the cosmetics and so forth. Taurus has two uh, colors associated with it. Some associated with green, because Venus is green. But it's also sometimes associated with um, a red-orange. If you go through the chromatic wheel of colors, where Aries is red, Taurus would be red-orange, and Gemini would be orange, and so forth. Now, red-orange is a little much for Taurus, although they do like that. And some people will kick that down to what we call peachy color. It's, a, it's sort of a pale peach color. And um, so it's a red-orange, but it's it's sort of a, a, a what we call a graded fade. It's a very pretty um, tone. And so some people will call it coral, coral pink, coral orange, things like that. And coral is also sacred to Venus, and particularly the more pinkish forms of coral. So what I'd like you to do, if you're going to think about this cosmetics um, job, I'd like you to think about things that relate to Venus and relate to those colors. And we were talking before about uh, helper candles. And um, Madame Pamita mentioned having a central candle and helper candles. And she also put in my mind when she said a crossroads reading, I'd like to do um, a, a spell for you. Very simple spell. We're going to put in a a big central candle to represent yourself. Now, I'm not talking about a glass candle. I'm talking, when I say a big candle, six-inch candle, maybe a nine, but just a regular six-inch candle. And it's going to be for you. And it's going to be have your name, you're going to inscribe your name on it, and you can dress it with um, a steady work oil, job-getting oil of some sort, maybe a little bit of Taurus oil to represent yourself. And I'd like it to be green to represent the beauty of Venus. And then I want you to get four smaller candles, and we're just going to use little pink candles. These can be four-inch candles, or they could be tea lights. If you want to go real small, you can have a four-inch candle in the center and four tea lights. And they're going to be pink, and um, you're going to face them off to the east uh, and uh, uh, west and the north and the south. And what I'd like you to do is light them, and it's going to take a little while to do this. You're going to light the one at the east when the sun comes up. And you're going to light the next one at noon. And you're going to light the one at the west when the sun goes down. And you're going to light the last one at midnight. So you're going to have to be up for about 18 hours to do this spell. Okay. Now, each of these goes with it. The one to the east, you're going to pray, um, May my beauty be seen and may the job in the cosmetics and skincare fields come to me um, as the sun rises in the east. And you can, like I said, it's a four-inch candle burn for a few minutes. Um, it, it may be an hour if you've got a bigger candle. And as it burns, you're going to move it closer and closer to your uh, central candle. Let it come to me. Right? When you light the next candle at noon, you're going to, uh, again, dress that. You're going to carve on it little words, you know, my job, come to me, whatever. You can dress those candles in steady work and Taurus oil also. And you're going to say, 
May I be seen by those who interview me as bright and shining as the sun at noon, and may they bring the job to me. And you can then move that candle toward the master candle and then or central candle, and that's a little helper light. Then at sunset, you're going to light another one of those things, and you're going to say, when the sun goes down and my work is finished, may the money be brought to me for the job that I hope to get in the cosmetics field. Okay, And you bring that candle in. And then the last one at midnight. And this is where you kind of do your, your uh, put it in the lap of God, and you say, um, if it is not to be, let me find another job and let me know about it soon. Because we did see some difficulty. Now, if we'd had a totally positive reading, cosmetics all the way, everything is fantastic, you're going to get it, you're going to get it, I would have had a different prayer for you at midnight. And that would, prayer would have been, as I go to sleep, let me sleep soundly knowing that I get up tomorrow morning to start my job in cosmetics. But the reading wasn't quite that positive, so I would just throw it in the lap of God and say, um, if it is not to be, let me rest soundly and start the next day fresh. Okay, And that is the spell that I would do. Now, you can put some herbs with these things. You can also put in some, um, you know, piece of jewelry that you want to sanctify, whatever you like. There are so many ways to do a spell, but this is just a basic crossroads candle spell. And each candle is a helper candle moves in close to the central candle. Okay, So that's what I would recommend to you. And uh, anybody have anything else to add to that? Well, I think of um, when when I have clients that are looking I always recommend I can, you can't oil. Oh, good. It's wearing that, wearing I can, you can't, because that's going to give you an edge because it's competitive mm-hmm. looking for a job. And so putting that stuff on your hands, putting that on yourself on a daily basis from the time that you apply for that job to the time they say you've got the job, putting that on yourself in an upward motion from feet toward head. You can, of course, you can use oils, again, so many millions of ways, but that's the basic mm-hmm. one is to put it on yourself. And that I can, you can't will give you the edge over the other people that are applying for that job. Mm. That's, a, that's a really good thing to do, and I, I, I like that idea. I tend to use uh, Steady Work and Crown of Success is another one I like, although that's more Leonine and not as mm-hmm. Torian. How about you, Countryman Ali? Have anything quickly to add to? Um, only thing I can. Such a... Only thing I can add. A fantastic, fantastic spell is when you go into your job interview, which you said you're, is coming up and very shortly. Carry some gravel root and salt in your pocket, uh, and of helps course. you to get the job. And then when you, as you're leaving, just reach into your pocket and just a little pinch of that salt and a pinch of that gravel root. Sprinkle it as you leave, so that they will walk through it. That's a good one. If you if you have time, you could also get two of those lucky rocks um, that are really fish ear bones, but people call them lucky stones or lucky rocks. And they always say if you carry two of those in your pocket, you'll get a job. Um, but you'd, you'd have to send for them somewhere and get them if you don't know. They come from a fish called a drumfish or croakerfish. Um, mm. And they have a real they're, – they're used for gambling luck, uh, and they're also used for job getting and very – popular for any dress them with steady work oil or anything of that nature and you just can put them in a little little pouch that's all you need in your pocket um they're sometimes called auto lifts <laughs> and um we have a web page on them um i'm sure that nagashiva can post that it's um it's the fish ear bone web page it, it, it'll tell you all about them so good luck to you on that 
Okay. Here comes our, our music. So um, we're going to go to the um, technical, electronic, and um, hmm, special portion of our announcement section of our department. And, um, and we'll see uh, what happens when we come back. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30, the Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6, Fit and Foxy, Madame Nadia and Jaya Danya, Wednesdays, 6 to 7, and The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay, Fridays, 6 to 7, all time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. And now it's time for our free spell segment with Madame Pamita of parlorofwonders.com in Los Angeles, California. Take it away, Madame Pamita. Well, I'm going to be talking about doing a prosperity color spell, so really getting into that um, color work and your magic. And actually, this would be a good one for Amber to do if she wanted to do this one as well. But anyone that wants to work with prosperity or bringing money in, bringing a job in, this is the kind of work you want to do. We're going to be, obviously, we're working with prosperity. We're going to be working with the color green. So what you're going to need for this spell um, is prosperity incense. Um, You need a small green candle, and by small, I mean small. So it can be a birthday candle or a chime candle, something that's going to burn in less than an hour, an hour or less. Um, You're going to need some green glitter, uh, a dollar bill, or I guess a paper money that's green if you're in another country, uh, a green pen, prosperity oil, alfalfa, sea salt, Epsom salt, green food coloring, and clean green clothing. And you can prepare those, that clothing by washing it in some prosperity bath crystals before you um, put it out in the, on the seat uh, to dress it up after your bath. So this is a bath spell. So um, to prepare for this, you're going to light some incense. You're going to light that prosperity incense to prepare the space in your bath. And then you're going to write the petition, your petition for prosperity, on that dollar bill. So with your green pen, you're going to write whatever it is that you want. I need a specific amount of money. You're going to write, I need a new job. Um, I want to buy a new house. Whatever it is that you need for your prosperity, you're going to write that petition on that dollar bill. And you can write it on the uh, margin of the dollar bill, the perimeter of the dollar bill where there's some room there to write or you could write it on the spaces that you see elsewhere. Um, when you have finished writing that petition, you're going to wave that dollar bill through the incense, through the prosperity incense. And then you're going to fold that dollar bill toward you. So as you look at it, holding it in your hands, you're going to fold your hands towards you because you are bringing that prosperity to you. Once you've done that, you place that dollar bill underneath a plate or candle holder. Um, if you have a green candle holder, that would be extra great or a green little plate, but, you know, not everybody has that. You can just use a regular one. Um, you can, once you've done that, you, place, you get your small green candle and you're going to dress that candle with the prosperity. 
prosperity oil. When you dress it, you're going to dress it from the base toward the wick. So you're going to put pull that oil in an upward motion. You're bringing something to you. And then you're going to sprinkle a little bit of that alfalfa on that candle. So alfalfa is a kind of a light and fluffy herb, and so it'll stick to that oil and stick to that candle. Place the candle in the candle and light it as you say prayer or in for prosperity. You know, um, the day of my choice, uh, bring me the prosperity, the, the things that need the prosperity, the job, whatever it is. Now it's time for you to draw the bath. So you put the water in the bath, you draw that bath, make a hot bath, and you use your tea salt, your Epsom salt, and your prosperity oil again. You're also going to add a couple drops of that green food coloring to your bath. Now, you don't want to go overboard because you don't want to come out looking green, but you want to add a tint of that color to the bath. Salt, that prosperity oil, of that green food coloring. Now, you go into that bath, and now you're going to press. This isn't like a regular bath where you're going to read a book or rub yourself down. You're going into this bath to cleanse yourself and to bring in that prosperity. So removing all the blocks to your prosperity and bringing in that prosperity. Now, some people like to pray Psalm 72, which is the prosperity psalm. You can do that, or you can do like I do, which is just pray from your heart what it is that you want, visualize, say affirmations. Any of those will be appropriate in a situation. Once you get a candle to burn completely, this is why you need a little candle. We're not going to you know, get a big chunky Yankee candle, candle for you'll be in that for a few weeks. You get a little candle, you're in that bath for, you know, 15 minutes, an hour, you know, not too long. Once that candle has burned completely, then you come out of the bath, you allow yourself to air dry, and then you dress in those clean green clothing that you have that maybe you have prepared by washing in the prosperity bath crystals, but if you ha- haven't done that, it's still okay. You dress in that green clothing helpful to do this bath at the beginning of a day when you're out in the world and you're out in a place that you can attract that money. So it isn't really sort of a bath that you do at the end of the night. It's something that you do at the beginning of the day to bring in that prosperity energy, whether you're a salesperson, whether you're out in the world, whether you're going out for a loan, whether you're getting an interview for a job or any of those things that can bring that prosperity to you. And so that is my green, 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 green prosperity bath spell. <laughs> wow, then that is green and green. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna. I, I I love this, and I really do recommend that people um, start by uh, preparing the clothes as much as possible with some of that prosperity bath crystals dissolved in a water. That will certainly help. Um, you know, make yourself dressed right. I'm gonna add one little thing that I like to do when working for money. And uh, my reason for this is that, as you mentioned earlier, uh, not every country has green money. Where we do in in America, mm-hmm. and we're all used yeah. to green being our money color. But green, prior to that, was our nature color, and gold was the money color. So mm-hmm. if you have anything of gold to wear, and on top of that, green clothing, golden jewelry, it doesn't have to be actual made out of real gold metal, but the color gold is good. And um, some people will um, uh, build up a little bowl of, of uh, coins 
and um, use those coins. Now, I'm talking about a little brass bowl, but it looks goldenish. And you're going to put in some goldenish colored coins, like those Sacagawea dollars I love so much. And you can actually put your candlestick, kind of jam it in there, and build it up with the coins in a bowl, and then burn your little candle in a bowl of golden coins. I like to do it that way. That's just me. Mm. I like the, the sparkly, the little bowl of coins. And then what I recommend doing is afterwards go out and distribute those coins to the poor and say, as you say, may everybody who gets these coins think of me and my prosperity. Okay? May they, you know, be, you know, just give them a dollar and whatever, and um, and your prosperity will be magnified. Okay? Mm-hmm. But uh, I love this spell. I love this kind of work. Um, and it's uh, it's really important to think about these colors. Now, you could do a similar spell for love, all with red candles, right? Oh, <laughs> we yeah. can talk about mm-hmm. that some mm-hmm. other time, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a money spell. Prosperity. Wonderful. Well, Madam Pamita, I wish we could have talked more. We could have done this for another hour. I always have so much fun with you, and uh, I hope you have you back. And I really would like to do a show on your tarot spellcasting. I really would like that. And maybe we'll get a little history of some other people's work on it, too, and just do a whole show on tarot spellcasting. But right now, uh, it's time for us to say goodbye, and we're going to have to bring in Papa Newt. He's going to give us our closing announcements, and then after he's done, we'll all come back and we'll all say bye-bye, each in our own separate and individual way. So, Papa Newt, take it away. Thank you, Miss Cat and Congressman Ali, and thank you, Madam Pamita of ParlorOfWonders.com in Los Angeles, California, for being our guest this week. We invite you to join us next week when we will have another special guest from the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers. Who will it be? Stay tuned. Once again, we come to an end of another Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rubric Hour brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. You can find Miss Cat via the Lucky Mojo form at form.luckymojo.com and Contraband Ali at thecontraband.com in Mission Bay Hill, California. I'm your announcer, Papa News, joining you from PapaNews.com in Omaha, Nebraska. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rubric Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and the shows are available in archive via luckymojo.com slash radioshow.html. For all, all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to say thank you for being here and invite you to tune in once again next week at the same time when you'll hear the familiar strains of the Memphis Jug Band playing the Jug Band Waltz. Thanks, everybody. Goodbye. Thank you, Papa Newt. And thank you, Conjurman Ollie, for being with us. Always a pleasure. Okay, and thank you, Madam Pamita. And I, I just saw the message. We're going to set up a another time for you. Yeah. yeah. Really good. <laughs> All right, we're going to do it again. Now, next week we have no... We have no guest announcement, so um, <clears throat> all of you all who are my pals and friends, give Nagashiva a call and uh, see if we can get you on the radio show. If not, we'll just talk among ourselves, <laughs> which we don't mind doing. <laughs> but um, we would love to uh, extend to each and every one of you an invitation to join us in the chat room live. We love that. If you can't catch it live, catch it in the archive. Because these shows are for the ages. And uh, that's it. Good night. Good night. Bye. Bye. Bye.